the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, or welcome back. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. In the first hour, we did a little thought experiment. Uh, by now, you've probably heard that Jordan has made the decision not to celebrate Christmas this year. Bethlehem has made the decision not to celebrate or to significantly reduce uh the celebration of Christmas this year. And we did a thought experiment. We talked a little bit about what would the world be like if Jesus had never been born. And it made me, again, think of what's going on in the news and the hostage situation and um, the prisoner exchange, if you will. Now, what's different about the prisoners who are being released uh, by Israel, these are people who've been convicted of crimes. The hostages or captives, if you will, who are being, who were taken, abducted, kidnapped, if you will, were innocent men, women, and children. And um, it just made me think about a couple of things. And one of the things was a very famous passage of Scripture. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, about proclaiming liberty to the captives. And you can imagine in Isaiah chapter 61, it introduces a person upon whom is the Spirit of the Lord, Adonai, Yahweh, this is the very famous passage of Scripture that, that Jesus will repeat in Capernaum, in the synagogue. He's handed the scroll of Isaiah where he'll read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he continues to the line, To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stops reading. So Isaiah 61 introduces a person upon whom the Spirit of the Lord, Adonai Yahweh, and who is anointed by the Lord Yahweh, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Isaiah 61. The Lord has anointed me, it says in Isaiah 61.1. So the person would bring good news to the afflicted. He was sent to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now, this one would also proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, but also the day of vengeance of God in Isaiah 61 too. As a matter of fact, the passage reads, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So he would comfort those who mourn in Zion, replanting them as 
oaks of righteousness in Isaiah 61.3. He would rebuild the ruins and repair the devastation in, in Isaiah 61.4 so that the Lord would be glorified. And so this prophecy speaks of coming days in which the people of Israel would be healed and freed and God would have his vengeance and the people of Zion would be restored to their cities and to their land. So who is this person? Who is this person sent to proclaim liberty to the captives? Well, the New Testament gospels speak about him. Centuries after Isaiah wrote the prophecy, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. Like I said earlier, he's handed the scroll of Isaiah. He reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He continues to the line to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He stops reading at that portion. He rolls up the scroll and he says, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing Jesus was claiming to be the one sent to bring good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. So we have to ask that question. Are they captives to Rome? Are they political prisoners? Well, I don't think so. In the context, the captives to whom Jesus proclaims liberty are spiritual captives to sin. They're captives to sin and to the law. The people's outward obedience to the law and their deeds of righteousness wouldn't be enough to gain them access to the kingdom of God, according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. And so as the apostle Paul later explains, the people were actually in bondage to the law. In what sense? Romans 7, 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we would serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The law could only bring greater awareness of their sin. So we have to ask and answer the question. The law was never intended to make people righteous, but rather aware of their sin. You know, a mirror can show that you have a clean face or a dirty face, but it can't wash your face. You're going to have to turn on the water, and you're going to have to put the water on your face in order for it to be clean. So Jesus proclaims liberty to the captive by explaining that the law was not the way into the kingdom. They could only have righteousness and eternal life by believing in Jesus. You know the passage of Scripture. It's the most famous in all of the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him 
wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Later in John's gospel, in John chapter 6, verse 47, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. So Jesus announces the coming of his kingdom. And mercifully, before his kingdom was inaugurated, Jesus proclaims the good news about how spiritual captives can have liberty and be set free. In the great big world in which we live in, that has been characterized by people who embrace a kind of ideological social justice uh, of woke sentimentality, narrowly defining people in terms of oppressed and oppressor, rarely go to the place where they believe that the oppressor and the oppressed is sin, and that that sin is the oppressor. Sinners are oppressed by sin, and they need a savior. And so Jesus proclaims the good news about how spiritual captives could be set free and those who believe in him would no longer be bound by the law and they would no longer be in bondage to sin. Three zero three that's my number if you'd like to join me. Producer Jim standing by 303-873-1935. I'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. Happy to take your call. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Nick, welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Gino. How are you? Good. Good. Um, my question is, you said on Crosswalk probably about seven years ago, and my question is, have you changed your thinking on this, or, or is it the, still the same? So someone called in and asked, what about the millions of Buddhists and Hindus, and let's throw into the mix somebody who grew up on a desert island, right? They never, right. ever had a chance to find out about Jesus, and uh, salvation through Jesus. And so, you know, on that on that time, seven years ago, you said something fairly blunt about them going to hell. And, and I, I just wondered if you have changed or tempered or if you have anything to add um, about yeah, that I question. Think, I, I, I think, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think. I'm driving, so I'm going to. Yeah, I I'm think driving, I do have. Yeah, hang up, sorry. Uh, okay, I think I do have something to add. And, and that would be an. If you've already hung up, I'm sorry, but are you still there? Oh, I'm still here, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I want to ask you a question. Sure. Do you or do you not believe that all people, even if they're on a desert island, uh-huh. are they accountable to God? Absolutely. What does that mean, they're accountable to him? Well, I'll also just say that I think that those, all those who are saved are saved through the cross of Christ. Right. There's no salvation but, apart from the sacrifice of correct. Jesus. Absolutely. And so so I the way that. Yeah, so the way that I would say that is the Bible tells us to use your point about the per- person who's never heard, the person who's doesn't know anything about anything, 
A, they're accountable to God. Yes. B, God has revealed himself in nature, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 20. So even the guy sure. on the island has seen the, the sun come up and the sun go down. Um, yep. All of the other people, they've seen God's invisible attributes, like it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, his eternal power and divine nature. They've been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, according to Paul, in the things yes. that have been made, Paul's words, so they are without excuse. So the way that I would answer your question is, A, every human being is accountable to God. B, God has made himself known in some fashion or another. Yes. See that in that revelation of himself in one fashion or another. Now we're going to link the two thoughts together. That human beings are accountable to God for that reason. And so the problem is that the human race is sinful. And so what we have to ask and answer, the question is, what do you do with a person who, for whatever reason, refuses to acknowledge that, that they're in rebellion against God, and that if it isn't for God's grace, they, they would be given over to the sinful desires of their heart? So the way that I would answer that question is, I feel reasonably certain that God, A, holds people accountable, B, that accountability is based on the revelation, and C, no one, no one, no one who arrives at the judgment seat of Christ will will ever be, be able to claim, you didn't tell me what I needed to know in order to be saved. Because, because of the observation you made about nature, for example. But my question about the guy on the desert island or the person, the lady, whoever, is if they say, look at the beauty of the sunrise and the sunset, look at the beauty of nature, and in my heart, I want to know the creator of this wonderful thing that has happened. And I know that I'm a sinful person. I wish I had a way to... Do you see what I'm saying in their heart? I do. I do. And there's there's a passage of scripture that describes perfectly what you're saying. It's Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. Here's what it says. But if from there, let's say it's the desert island or wherever you happen to be, if from there you seek the Lord, your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. If you seek him, you shall find him. Right. So this verse teaches an important principle. Everyone who truly seeks after God will find him. And if a person wants to know God, God has a number of ways of making himself known. So back to what I was saying earlier about heaven, where no one, no one, no one will ever, ever look Jesus in the face and say, and and, and I'm thinking of Richard Dawkins. I'm thinking of Richard Dawkins, yeah. who's an avowed atheist, and he, he was yeah. asked the question. Let's just for purpose, he was asked to do a thought experiment. I've been doing thought experiments today. He said, let's just for purposes of discussion say you were wrong. All of a sudden you die, and there you are. You are in heaven at the great assize, which is the court, of course, and you are looking Jesus in the face, and you all of a sudden you're overwhelmed with the information that everything that the Bible said about Jesus is true. What are you going to say to him? 
Yeah, you his, don't have the excuse of I wasn't told. Well, his response was, why didn't you give me more evidence? Yeah, sad for him. Hey, but Gino, answer the question, would you? What? Because uh, before, seven years ago, you said, you know, and I hate to be blunt, but I think you spoke I'm, pretty bluntly. Yeah, you I, said, I'm, I'm going to. They're going to hell. Now, again, if we assume. Let's just I, I'm 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 teasing the, the conversation out a little bit more. Sure. If we assume that those who never heard the gospel are granted mercy from God just simply based on the fact that they never heard. No, no, no. I don't think that's. I, I don't I think don't that, like that. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't. I don't think that that is is also the direction. So so I'm beginning no. again at the beginning. There is accountability. There yes. is revelation or light. And then based on the accountability and revelation, Jesus, he, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He basically makes the claim that he is the one who will, in fact, judge who gets to go to heaven and who isn't. And yes. so, And so, but again, Paul writes in Romans chapter 10. He basically, he says, the Bible, that those who perish without Christ are going to spend an eternity in hell. Yeah. And, and he says, he says, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard, to your point? And how yeah. can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? So those who never heard Jesus desperately need to hear. Of course. But my question is, are some of those people going to, will God not judge their desire to know him, even though they don't have access to the Bible or and to my, knowledge of I Christ. Think, I think my answer is the one that's found in the book of Revelation, where everyone who happens to be there is making the statement, just and true are your ways, O of Lord. Of course, see? Right. So, that's so, what I think so, I so, so, your former and, answer was, was, was uh, uh, encompassing way too many people well, who, so, you know— so You've got back, millions of Buddhists who grew up in China and Japan their whole lives have never heard of Christ. And but, let's but say I, before, I, yeah, and I specifically want to point out that they're not going to hell because they never heard of Christ. They're going to hell because they're sinners in need of a savior. So we're back uh, to what I said earlier: Are all human beings, no matter what, accountable to God? The answer yes. is yes. Number two: Are they accountable based on the revelation that He gives them? answer is yes. yes. Will Jesus make the right choice? Of course. <laughs> there, there's your answer. All right. Thank you, Gino. Always a pleasure. <laughs> this is Gino Geraci. 303-873-1935. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. On the program, the number is 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Steve, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, Gino, quick question, my friend. 
you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a somewhat new Christian, and uh -huh. you know, the Great Commission is for everybody to get out there and fish for fish for man. Sure. And and Jesus told me to do this. Actually, told me to do this about five years ago. And so, you know, I'm, I'm walking around all the time. I'm passing out tracks to people from Mardell's all the time. You know, are you going to heaven? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And I had a stranger who just came up. I just, and it's funny. I just have to ask you about this. I was walking in the rec center up here, and, and a gentleman was walking out, and I said, hey, you, you know who Jesus Christ is. Are you going to heaven? And he looked at me real strange for about 30 seconds, and he didn't say a word, and I looked at him waiting for him to respond. He said, he said I'm, an, I'm Native American. I believe that there is a star up in the sky with my name on it that I'm going to have and have it for the rest of my rest of eternity up there. And and it was such a Gino you know, was such a strange thing. I, I didn't I was gonna ask you and your professional for help is what what do I do at that point? What do you do with something like that? No, I I think what I would say is that's very, very interesting. I would say, you know what, I'm unfamiliar with Native American spirituality and what maybe Native Americans believe about the afterlife or the spiritual world. But it's my understanding that most Native American religions have some kind of divine creator. And, 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 I, and I would say, can you um, tell me what Native Americans believe about sin? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, and then okay. I would say, just, in other words, it's probably not a good idea for you to say, this is what Native Americans believe about sin. You just ask him, say, what do you believe about sin? And let him talk. Right, just let him right, say right. whatever he wants to say. Right, and, then, right. and, and then I would say, what do you believe about your sin? How, how does it go away? How do you get rid of it? And then, and then I, I would say, tell me, I, and I don't mean to be rude or in, in any way uh, combative, but just tell me what you think about Jesus. Tell me what you, who, who was he, and what do you believe about him? What do you know about him? And he might say, I know everything or I don't know anything, but let him talk. Right, right. Okay, that's, and, those are excellent points. And, you know, and, absolutely. And, and then the other thing that I would say is, now, again, I would say, and this is the hard part, because this is a showstopper. This is either going to shut down the conversation or it's going to open up the conversation. Uh -huh. and, and and that is, if what you believed isn't true, would you want to know? Oh, 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 my goodness. There's so, a reason I called you today, I'm telling you. Wow. So, so, and again, not that I expect you to know any of this, Okay. But you can say, you know, there are a lot of Native American traditions. It just so happens that, um, you know, I, I lived for seven years in um, Albuquerque. And they have Hopi folk tales that speak of Tawa, the sun spirit, destroying the existing world called the third world in a flood. And I would say, you know, many Native American um, uh, beliefs – um, have uh, beliefs about a global flood where a few good people survived by by you know by riding in a reed boat. In, in an Ottawa story, claims that a man angered the sea god, triggering a flood that covered the world, and the man was saved by a goddess riding in a boat. And according to the Chippewa. A particularly powerful man killed the great serpent and triggered a mountain-covering flood. Um, 
and people survive by boarding rafts and floating on the water. The Cheyenne um, say a medicine man stretched a white buffalo skin between mountains to protect the people from a wrathful divine rain. And I would say there's so many Native American uh, traditions. Can you tell me a little bit about yours? And But again, what I would say is that that all of that goes to the point of, but what do you do with sin and what do you do with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. That'll, that'll give me some ammo for next time, you know? So, yeah, in, in, in short, it, 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 I've done this my whole life in the sense of just asking people, could, could you please share with me if you feel open just, just tell me what you believe about spiritual things. You know, you 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 gave me the idea that, you know, there's a star up there and it's for you. Um, so yeah, you can say that to anybody. Please share with me what you believe, and let them talk. And then share with me what you believe about Jesus. Share with me what you believe about heaven and hell, and just let them talk. Say whatever. And it's been my experience that, and it's probably been your experience that people mm-hmm. reciprocate. If I'm talking to you and I say, Steve, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about what you believe. Well, t- now you tell me a little bit about what you believe. It's different mm-hmm. when you're inviting a person to disclose. They don't feel like they're being pushed, shoved, or manipulated. Yes, sir. That's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Just what I needed to hear, you know, honestly. <laughs> so well, I really appreciate you, Gino. I pretty do, really do, and I'll, I'll keep you posted on what hey. happens later down the road here. Okay? All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much for your call. Well, thank you, Gino. Okay. Mm, good night. Bye-bye. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the air. 303-873-1935. Gabe, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. So uh, my my question is, and I think I might have heard something like this on your program before. I'm, I know I've heard it on, on a couple of different programs of missionaries who have uh, gone to gone, gone out to to uh, uh, you know disseminate the the gospel and finding whatever uh, indigenous people where they're at already had it they just didn't know the name of jesus yeah and i was wondering if 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 you i couldn't remember where where i had heard that if you know where i could get that information because i told um, one of the men at my church about that and he had not heard that before and he wanted to know where where that information is found well the the way that i would um maybe talk about what you're talking about is Mm -hmm. I would say, are there other religious traditions that speak of a a messianic figure, okay? And Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm thinking of, uh, just off the top of my head, okay, um, the oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job, okay? Right. So this this is before... The, you know, the Old Testament or the New Testament. And Job is suffering. And basically, he asks the question, number one, if a man dies, will he live again? And then he asks another question. And that question is, is there a daysman, a mediator, someone who between you and me 
so so there's different words that are used savior redeemer mediator um and 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 so there there's a lot of different people uh, and tra- and religious traditions that that think about an anointed one or someone who comes from God or someone who can fill in the gap. Um, like in, in Judaism, it's Jacob's ladder where he's at Bethel and there's a ladder that comes down from heaven and angels are ascending and descending on it. Um, and so I, I'm trying to think of a source that might give you some information because again, there's, there's the Mahdi in, in Islam there are in the Druze faith, they have this messianic figure um, in, in Baha'i and Babism and Buddhism and cargo cults in in Russian and Slavic uh, groups, um, it, it, even in Wicca and, and paganism and witchcraft. There are these ideas of a being who is able to be the bridge between the next world and this world. I'm trying to think of a good source for you, though. Let, let, let me just think about it for a few. We're going to a break. Let me just see if I can think of a, of a, of a credible source, okay? I'll be right back. All right. Yeah. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. We're talking with Gabe, and Gabe, you were you were um, asking about you know some of the traditions, the messianic traditions, and maybe third world countries or unreached people groups. And I have Bruce to thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, thank you, Bruce, for making this book recommendation. This is a book I am familiar with, but I, Gabe, I had a brain freeze. But the book, <laughs> the book that he. Um, recommended and I actually have read this book. It's called Eternity in Their Hearts by Don Richardson. Eternity Excellent. yeah, Eternity in Their Hearts. And you you remember in the in the scripture it talks about how God has placed e- eternity in our heart. In other words, there's something in a human being that knows that there's something more. Now eternity in the heart isn't necessarily a messianic uh tradition. But in that book, uh, Eternity in Their Hearts, Don Richardson does talk about certain um, unreached people groups or pagan people groups who had messianic traditions. And mm-hmm. so that book, Eternity in Their Hearts, um, or is available. You can, go, you can ask the library for it. But there's a free download uh, of a PDF uh, at uh, like archive.org that you okay. should be able to get it in an electronic format for free, for free, for free. And by the way, there's only one thing I like more than books, Gabe, and that's uh-huh. free books. That's free books. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, Eternity in, in, in Their Hearts is, is, is a great recommendation. Okay, awesome. Um, just kind of on a, a side note, my, my brother and I have had discussed this conver- this this subject at some 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 length, and uh, we we come at it from a little bit different uh, direction. He comes at it more historical, um, and uh, where for, you know first thing in, in Acts he says or in, in Acts it says I can't remember the exact verse, but it says that that. The gospel had gone out to the whole world, 
and he takes it as the whole world literally. Um, and my perspective is kind of along those same lines in that um, that likely during the, the, the three days that that you know Jesus' body was in the in the grave, he his spirit could have been going out and evangelizing the world and making sure that everybody had an opportunity at that point. Well, the way that I would maybe um, answer that or talk about that is I just, I'm teaching through Colossians uh, chapter one. And I just, I taught chapter one, verses 20 through 23, just this last Sunday. But in verses five and six, it says, the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it's bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day you heard it and understand the grace of God and truth. I think that it's a, it's a euphemism for the known world or the Roman world. In other words, the, the, the world has a nuanced understanding. In other words, there's, there's a passage that talks about the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. The Bible talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's not talking about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. He's talking about the wor- world of human beings. So sometimes the world is um, like the geography of the world. Sometimes it's the people in the world. Um, but again... I think that there's a couple of ways of thinking about what you're saying, and that is, has the gospel gone out to the whole world literally and or just figuratively or metaphorically or how in the world do we think about that? That's a great question that you've just asked. And again, the Bible talks about that the gospel will be preached in the whole world. Um, but again to to sort of put a little glitch in your in your thinking in Romans mm-hmm. 15 it says and and I made it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named lest I should build on another's foundation this is the reason why I've been so hindered from coming to you. But now since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I've longed to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. So that leaves us with the idea that maybe the whole world hasn't heard the gospel. Well, you could also take, take the position that Christ knowing where the disciples were, were, would end up and where, where, where the gospel would naturally progress through the Roman Empire went beyond that for those people's sake, and then well, let left the rest to to the disciples to go out and his, you know the disciples disciples to go out and and continue propagating. The no, the nice thing about this idea is it does kind of give a, a reason why why some of these other um, you know Messiah. Um, uh, stories could could have actually come from the Messiah directly, and then each each generation either accepted or de- or, or rejected. Well, I think just that like there's, it always is. Yeah, I think that there is evidence, if you want to use that term, 
to support mm-hmm. in part what you're saying. Paul doesn't have right. any notion of what all the other apostles and their disciples and their disciples have done. I, 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 unless he has some sort of supernatural information. I mean, because who knows where the gospel has or hasn't gone. In my way of thinking, you know, if Jesus can bring dreams to Muslims in Gaza or, or in Afghanistan, um, it's po- anything's possible. I mean, I think everyone who has a cell phone has access to the gospel. Oh, um, for sure. and, and, and so I, the gospel isn't just local or tribal or parochial or ethnic mm-hmm. or even limited to a language. Um, and, and so there is this sense, you know, I, I'm thinking of the specific gospel that Paul talks about in First Corinthians chapter 15, but there is evidence of a gospel when the sun goes up and the sun goes down. In other words, creation is telling the gospel story, that there's right. a God, that, there's, that, that human beings have a problem with sin. Um, but also there's this, this complex paradox, and the complex paradox seems to be, well, wait a minute there's more places to reach. And mm-hmm. so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, which I just left with um, this last Saturday, um, it's, it's that in verse 23, it says that you've been reconciled to God if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Yikes. Right. Yeah. So what do I do with that verse? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I do with it? Because there seems to be, to your point, evidence (laughs) that, you know, is is this some sort of exaggeration? Is it hyperbole? Um, So, and again, we're back to Romans again, where... And I was talking earlier to a caller about accountability. You know, in other words, are all human beings accountable to God? Yes. Yeah. Are they accountable to the revelation that they've received? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that revelation robust in certain areas and thin in certain areas? Mm-hmm. Sure. Just like the thief on the cross. Imagine, yeah. you know, there he is dying next to Jesus. And he says, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. How, how that, it doesn't sound like there's been a robust declaration of the gospel, but he, he's, he winds up in heaven. Well, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling. <laughs> oh, you, thank you. Interesting conversation. Hey, thank you so much. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.